0: and welcome back to another episode of blossom down we got a full house this time around we are your host i am Stephen weed don't be fooled by the name tag he is wally he is david before i toss it over to the boys we want you to know this episode is brought to you by tabby's.com from your delta eight edible on the market t-a-b-e-a-s-e.com make sure you use promo code football for 20 percent off that order as well as free shipping wally I've got enough of David here this past week. Uh, Wally, how the hell are you? How is Wisconsin? Uh, how many cheese curds did you eat?
1: Oh, God, I can't keep track of the cheese curds. What throws me off is David know is another guy that lived up in Wisconsin a little while. They're freaks. Like, Ohio, it's Midwest as far as, like, the edge. Where you still get a little bit of that, I don't know, that East Coast kind of, like, Kurt, we're quick. We're not as nice as, like... Milwaukee people are but what their obsession like we like ranch they love ranch they're dipping their cheese in ranch instead of marinara I look like the freak because I'm the guy asking for marinara with my cheese curds but like they're I loved it it's a wonderful time and all that but greatest place in the world you go up there there's fat people like me all over the place there's beer cheese meat anything you want there's freaking football everywhere we played golf it was awesome time with awesome people can't wait to get back how about you
2: guys how are you doing i'm jealous that you went to milwaukee brother i miss i miss my second home uh it's unreal for all for every one of our listeners who hasn't been there milwaukee is slept on as one of the greatest cities in the united states and i that's only a slight exaggeration it but it is hardcore slept on
1: great food great pizza if you it's like winter, you get all It's set up like seasons. a mini
2: Chicago, too. The river runs through it. The bar scenes on the river. You can kayak bar crawl if you really want to. Like, there's uh, 27. Well, when I lived there, there were 27 breweries within city limits, uh, both craft and major. And yes. like, it's just it. It's the place to be. The lakefront is built out well. There's a beach on the lakefront. Oh, I could talk about Milwaukee all day. It,
1: it's Chicago with all of the negative things removed it's smaller traffic's not nearly as bad people aren't as arrogant sorry to all you chicago people out there but it's again we can talk about wisconsin exactly they know who you are and you're probably sitting there like yeah you know what he's right yeah like we are better than milwaukee they're
0: probably got the arrogance right there see i don't know i don't i can't mess with the winters with that lake effect i'm just chilling
2: but there's no right, snow. Anywhere. It's it's I, it's just cold. You only get the cold in Milwaukee. It's like you don't you get half as much snow as Chicago.
1: Yeah, if you it's like everything good. If you can survive negative 20 degrees, throw an extra layer on. That's all it is. Throw an okay. extra layer on, you're fine.
0: Don't undersell the coldness here, David. Yeah, it's a little cold. Wally brings in negative 20 degrees. That's It was enough. only negative 21 time while
2: I was there. It gets to 0 degrees pretty often though.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. What, real quick,
1: real quick story, and then I'll be done with talking Wisconsin. But right after I moved from Northeast Ohio to Wisconsin, I was up there, and it was like middle of November. And I remember there was a day, it was like wind chill was going to be like negative 11. And I didn't even set my damn alarm the next day because I'm like, you know what, cool, negative degrees, we don't have school, this is awesome. And I remember having my door getting pounded on. By my mom at, like, 830, like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, yeah, yeah it's negative 11 degrees. We're good. She's like, yeah, it's Wisconsin. You got school, buddy. Yeah. Get your
0: <laughs> ass back in there.
1: We had, like, 15 straight days because it was, like, one of those weird years where we had a polar vortex. Where it was, like, 15 or 16 straight days and negative degrees. And I'm like, this is terrible. It's 4 o'clock and it's dark. It's negative 16. and But if you survive winters,
0: you Go, survive Paco.
1: winters, it's unreal.
0: I would just love to be around – I've never grown up or been around a city. I know you can relate, Wally, of actually having like that, the team you root for be that city. Like when I go to Green Bay, I'm a kid in a candy store and I have to be like, oh, this was normal for them. This is not me. I'm like, holy shit, a Green Bay Packers jersey and Green Bay, Wisconsin. I guess that's not surprising.
1: And it's unlike David who has that in Cleveland, there's a different feel where Cleveland, it's like a commiserate together where like, hey, we've all been through the shit. In Green Bay, there's this like, group ex- expectation to win every game so when they don't it's like what the hell is going on out here like we we just lost to the vikings last week you should have heard of my buddies there the sky was falling because they lost yep. to the minnesota vikings week one like shut up like shut <laughs> up
0: <laughs> see i'm glad i'm glad i'm a little bit more calmer of a packer fan and more down to earth because i hate people that are just so extreme looking at you wally uh, after one or two games yeah, I'm glad I wasn't here on Monday. That's all I'll say. Oh, man, there's – a and and I'm sure you heard it editing. We we got to bash you a couple times.
1: I needed it. I, I really – it was good I wasn't here. I don't think it would have been That – w- I'm already a shrill and get loud person. I was, like, driving home, <laughs> shaking on the damn wheel. Like, just like, come on, like, 20-nothing at halftime. Like, are you <laughs> kidding me?
0: 85 yards that Kyler ran in that two-point conversion. Over
1: 20 seconds, 20.8 seconds. The play was literally a third
0: of a Humble brag minute. over 20 seconds. What a humble brag. Yeah, I know. Right. We have week three picks while gets to run us down on what our records were looking like before we hop into that. It's not as great as we want it to be. Let's get some NFL news here going to start off the NFL. We have Joe Thomas and Darrell Rivas headlining the first year eligible hall of fame candidates. So you got the names like Chris Johnson, Jari Evans, a guard, Joe Thomas, like I said, Dwight Freeney, the, the DN that was so dominant for the Colts for so long. Linebackers, Navarro Bowman, James Harrison, DB, Cam Chancellor, and then Shane Leckler. I mean, that that's a first out Hall of Famer right there. How do you how are you guys liking the list? Every year, and Wally and I have talked about it. Every year it shows how old we are now because I we, we know every single one of these players. Last year I was like, okay, I don't know a couple of these, but fuck, we're getting old. We're pushing 30 plus here. Who are the ones that are sticking out to you the most, David?
2: Well, Joe Thomas and Darrell Revis are are clear first ballots. Um, I'll die on this hill that if Joe Thomas doesn't make a first ballot, I'm not watching the NFL anymore. The the it might as well be the NBA Hall of Fame, if or the basketball hall of fame, because no there is no NBA Hall of Fame. Like Joe Thomas has to be a first ballot, Revis has to be a first ballot. Um I, Jari Evans has slept on. He's another guy that, you know, never did anything wrong for the entire duration of his career. Um, and then Dwight Freeney, I think, has I – doesn't he have, like, 130 sacks? or Isn't he, like, fifth all-time in sacks or something? Something like that. I think he's probably a first-ballot guy. Uh, Evans, debatable. But, I don't know. I There are a couple of these guys that, like, had maybe three good seasons and disappeared off the face of the planet. Cough, cough, Chris Johnson. Uh, we don't have to talk about those guys. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think they're making it.
0: Don't be dogging my boys, CJ2K. Oh, you can't see because of the background. I'm rocking my my nice ECU Pirates uh, beer mug here. Go Pirates. Chris Johnson's my guy. What about you, Wally? Who are your surefires? And maybe a couple people you have question marks on.
1: All right, surefire Hall of Famers is what we're saying, right? Like first ballot, that's like making it a yeah. little, yeah, we're getting a little too into the weeds at that point. It's to hence your background. But we have Joe Thomas and Darrell Revis, 100% first ballot, guys. I think Dwight Freeney is a for sure Hall of Famer. Whenever you have effectively a move that when you see the move, people say your name, his spin move, cutting back to the inside, everybody on earth, what do we do when we see it? Wow, that's Dwight Freeney-esque. When he was at his best, he was the only player worth a shit on a defense that really had nothing. It was paid meaning running the offense. It felt like getting to 14 and two every year. And if Dwight Freeney wasn't getting home, they weren't going to win games. That's how impactful he was. So I think he's going to, I think he's a fringe first ballot guy. I was saying before to David, I think Cam Chancellor, because of his affiliation with the Legion of Boom, LOB is going to get in, whether it's going to be as early as first ballot, probably not but he's going to get in at some point. If he played longer, probably the same with Navarro Bowman. Now, this is an interesting one, because I think that, especially David, I want to hear almost your thought as a, a inner division guy. James Harrison, I think, is almost getting the reputation of James Harrison being up here. The fact that he also was or has one of the most influential and most uh, remembered plays of all time in the Super Bowl with that hundred yard touchdown return. I think that's going to get him in, but I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. Cause I think he was kind of a 50, 50 player.
0: James Harrison is his duration helps a little bit. I mean, the dude played what till he was 36 and he was somewhat, you know, he was somewhat a little bit productive, not as much as what we're used to. But I mean, there, there were a lot of years that he was just underrated and, and overlooked in in Steelers in Steelers colors in the uniform prior to him taking off in that Super Bowl. But I mean, Darrell Revis, that's that's just a lock. Shane Leckler, that's just laughable. Like, why are we gonna throw punters in here? I guess I'd have to really pull up the stats and just kind of break down why Shane Leckler's in on here. But Dwight. The Raiders King,
1: own punters. Second best punter of all time up until the last few years. That's all I'm
0: saying. That's all I'm saying.
2: Shane Leckler also has the highest average punts most punts of all time
0: let's go both of those let's go most punts of all time that's not a that's not a proud and, and for and him highest it is.
2: average per punt
0: a highest average and when you're good.
2: punting
1: as often as the raiders were punting in the 2000s and 2010s
0: it's a big deal was he with the texans for a little bit too yeah for like one or like two years short- at the end Okay, I was like, that's really all I remember him as. Okay, fine. We finally found a guy I barely remember. I guess we're not that old.
2: Leckler Leckler probably deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but it's probably – they treat special teams so rudely in the Hall of Fame that it's probably not going to happen, but he's got all of the special team stats that probably should get him in on maybe, like, I don't know, the third try.
1: Well, look how long it got Ray Guy, or it took him to get in, where our parents – Grew up like when we were little kids. Like, oh, if you saw Ray Guy punt, it didn't matter if it was like Red Right eighty eight game. Not to throw salt and wound out there to Browns fans. It was like negative twenty degrees. The football is literally a brick, and the Raiders got outplayed thoroughly in that game. But guys like Ray or, uh, Ray Guy literally won them that game, and it's one of it. it, it you said it perfectly, David. Special teams they get so rudely neglected i mean the fact that guys like uh oh help me out hester. devin hester yep devin hester hasn't got in yet that's that is a joke like a an actual joke
2: i have a question i have a question for both of you james harrison is he a sax guy and i'm asking cuz i know the stats and I, I i this is where i'm like he's so borderline hall of famer i need to know what your guys thoughts are so is he is he a sacks guy? Is he like TJ Water, Miles Garrett? Is he an all-around linebacker guy where he's playing into coverage? Like what? What kind of what kind of defensive end is he? What kind
0: of outside linebacker is he? I feel like he. I feel like he was almost like the Dr- like a Draymond on steroids. He covers everything in the stats. Like nothing. I feel like nothing's gonna out like just stick out to you. But he is just dominant, like or consistent in everything. That's fine. I'll, I'll accept that because if you're gonna look at him like that. I don't remember how good he was
2: in coverage. I just don't. No, I don't remember anything about his his ability to cover. All I remember is he had, what I thought was a lot of sacks. He's he is sixty fifth all time in sacks.
1: It, it for me, it was more if he
2: was timely. I was I why. would agree, but then I look at in fifteen years, he has eighty four and a half sacks in six years. Aaron Donald has a hundred. And we all know Aaron Donald's a surefire Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. I think if I'm not correct, if I I can't, I I don't know where he is on this list, but I think TJ Watts only like five or six sacks behind and he's only got five years and he plays outside linebacker. Technically. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm uh, James Harrison. He has impact. He has a play. Like you said, Wally, that everyone's going to remember, but does he have the stats that get you in in this day and age? Cause like impact impact is something that gets you in 10 years from now when they can't, when they can't, when they don't have a really good ballot like this one with a bunch of first ballots, that's, that's where that gets you in. So I don't like, I he's like the biggest debate for me on this entire list. Well, I like that.
1: Okay. Uh, he, to me, I don't know about coverage when he was earlier in his career, we are going to remember the Arizona play forever, but. Towards the latter part of his career, he was a liability in coverage. He was a guy that was very physical. He was good in the run. He was about as good against a run as you could be as a defensive end. But I would say that the Steeler impact matters. I mean, we've seen – I mean, there's teams like the Jaguars. There's teams like the Bengals who really don't have – I think they both have one player now. They do. They both have Tony Baselli, and you have Anthony Munoz, one offensive player each, but then you have the Steelers who get guys like Alan Fanica in. I I mean, there is something to be said about being that kind of historically viewed team that gets you that kick. If you're on the edge, I think he's going to get kind of like a tiebreaker push. Will he be five years from now, 10 years from now? I don't know, but he does get in eventually to me. And it's, both to do with the play he made in that Super Bowl and to do with the helmet he wore in his career.
0: So I know they're strict on special teams. Matthew Slater, special teams legend for the New England Patriots. Do you think that guy would get into the Hall of Fame? Not a chance. Not unless Hester gets in. And I I, well, like... I would I would assume Hester's going in. Or would be going in way before he would even be able to be qualified if Hester against. can
2: get in as a returner and the NFL acknowledges returning I would say maybe for Slater maybe but Hester has to get in as a returner like they have to acknowledge yeah. that he literally invented kick returning for scores <laughs> like he yeah. he is that guy and then if he gets in Frankly, Josh Cribs should probably follow him in, and that's yeah, not Brown's bias. Cribs, that's, that's literally, yeah, Josh Ooh. Cribs literally doesn't – Josh Cribs reset the, like, punt return record, I think, for total touchdowns, and Hester still has more overall, but, like, you know, those two are probably your first two actual returners in if the NFL acknowledges returning the football in special teams.
0: They will. It's all about equality, David. That's all we're looking for. Well, the only way they're going
2: to is if you have just such a terrible, like just a terrible year where where nobody really deserves to get in, and they're they're searching for like the nineteen forty five coach that isn't in yet, but can make an argument and whatnot. If we could oh, not have Forrest? it
1: happen, no, shut up. If we <laughs> haven't had it happen, if we didn't have it happen a few years ago when it was at NFL one hundred and it was a super class it makes you wonder when it will happen because there's right. always going to be a position player. That's going to be, Oh, well, you know, you can't keep him out. So it's going to keep getting kicked down the road. I hope he gets in. It's, it will happen. I just don't know when it'll happen.
0: Right. We had two Monday night games here this week. We usually have it to start off the season, but I like it in week two. It was nice. Seven 15 first game. We had Buffalo dismantling the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee never had a, had a shot in this game whatsoever outside of the opening drive what Derek Henry goes in for a touchdown my goodness did that Buffalo defense come to play the rest of that game Wally biggest takeaway now seeing this two weeks in a row Bills not only lighting it up on the scoreboard but just shutting down their opponents only allowing 17 points for these first two weeks of the season
1: I mean I guess biggest takeaway was thank God that we had two Monday night games this week because this one was hard to watch about midway through the third quarter on the bills are everything we thought they were. And I, I, I can't really find anything to harp on in a negative light for them. Titans, you guys know where I stand. I think that this team is grossly overrated. I think that they're going to be a six seven win team for me. It's when does Malik Willis get the call? If they're starting off one in four, two in five, I I think that's a matter of time. David, I hope that you, you have to bring up the tweet you shared with us. Uh, I put it in here. You'll have to to read it off. It's an unreal stat, but the last thing I'll say is that this game kind of lost a little bit of the fun aspect to it when we had that scary neck injury in the game. And thank God we found out what the next day, uh, the, what Dame Jackson who took a scary hit, it looked like his neck was in a lot of trouble. He's moving everything. All of his extremities are fine. No surgery. So that's awesome news. But whenever that happens, it's really hard. I can't imagine how the players feel, how you can just go back out and continue playing like nothing happened.
0: Well, and the whole, the whole team was out there when the ambulance came out and you know what Tremaine Edmonds, you can tell he just looked, it looked horrible because it was a play that didn't need to happen. I think that's the number one play that NFL needs to look into is when Players are just trying to tackle when the play is clearly about to end. Yes, I understand you want to give up that extra yard, but a lot of these times they're just lowering the boom, fucking up their own teammate, and then they're really not even gaining any more yards after the initial contact. So I I feel horrible for Tremaine Edmonds, but he got to walk out of the hospital the next morning. So the best-case scenario happened with him.
2: Yeah, I was severely concerned uh, with how quickly they got the ambulance out there, literally thought he might be dead. You know, after after Shazier, specifically for the NFL, after Shazier and how long it took to get him off the field and with how quick they had it, and I'm sure the NFL made adjustments after the Shazier hit where the ambulance just sits in the fucking tunnel all game long. And I'm sure that after, uh, especially after Christian Erickson this past yeah. summer, watching him literally die on the pitch only to be revived. Uh I think everyone's kind of learned that when an injury like that happens, you cut to commercial. You don't just stare at a body laying there lifeless, right? But thank God, best case scenario, he's fine. To your guys' point, I don't know how you get back on the field and go, Yeah, I want to I want to make some hits, right? Like we'll see. I mean those guys are all freakazoids. They'll probably be right back out there, but that's got to have some kind of mental toll to your points. Um, But Wally, the tweet you were talking about, Robert Mays on Twitter, the Bills have the second highest pressure rate in the league at 41.6% of dropbacks. And they've done that while they've only blitzed three total times. That is bonkers. That is unbelievable. They don't even have, you know, it's not like they have both Miles Garrett and TJ Watt sitting end-to-end crushing people. It is a collective. That defensive line is destroying offensive lines. I That stat alone makes me, like, want to put Buffalo as the Super Bowl favorites right off the bat. I mean, that's crazy. Um,
1: it's more but, impressive than, than like, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs right now.
2: Yeah, and, and I, I don't know. It's like the whole team, there isn't – you know, you said it earlier, there's not really a flaw right now. There's nothing. They are actually playing unbelievable top to bottom football. And oh by the way, they, you know, lost their coordinator in the off season. Like, you know, it's like it's like somehow nothing nothing changed.
0: They look great. The defense looks awesome. That stat is so scary. They were also missing Ed Oliver, one of their interior D linemen here, uh in this past game. I think that this speaks to the Von Miller edition because he has been nothing but a maniac for this defense, but do you have his leadership? He's been very vocal. Now he's got his own podcast on Bleacher Report that that he gets to do. I I believe it's like every Tuesday, every Wednesday, depending on whatever the schedule is. And he loves this team, what Josh Allen and that offense is able to do. I mean, they also weren't, they were missing Gabe Davis, who may not be a big name now, I think a few weeks down the road here, you know, after the overtime loss to to the Chiefs, now his name's really starting to get a household name, but this is scary. Now, with Buffalo, you always see them. You always see hot teams or teams start off hot, Arizona Cardinals every year, and then they kind of tamper off. Do you like how the Bills are looking? Is there there any – what's the word – are you just waiting for that collapse to potentially happen, or do you feel like this Bills team's a little bit different this year, David?
2: i don't i don't think there's a collapse i mean there's definitely the bills are always good and i've said it on podcasts previous they're always good for two maybe three games where they look like the worst team in the nfl and nothing makes sense but they've they've always been you know a great team for as long as as josh allen and as long as mcdermott and and previously dabble have been there but I just don't see like they they might cool off a little, but they're still going to be they're still going to hum like a great team all season long. You know, Sub one or two really bad performances that you're like, really, like what happened, you know, but um, we'll see. Maybe they won't even have those performances. And if they don't, that's a Super Bowl winner. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. If we get to week 17 and they haven't had a single performance like that Jaguars game last year, I'd bet all my money on them winning a Super Bowl this year.
1: Okay. Podcasts are supposed to be fun. We're supposed to say ridiculous things on these things. I know what this is going to sound like. But
0: oh, my God. I
1: No, no, no. Hear me out first, because I know it's going to start ridiculous. Because right. they have 15 more games. The odds of them going perfect, very, very unlikely. What I was going to say is that 2007 New England Patriots, Tom Brady, Randy Moss connection, with that defense the way it was, I can draw a lot of eerily similar or similar uh, storylines, strengths of the team to this Buffalo Bills team. And right now, the way the Bills have come out of the gate, I think you can make a case that their ceiling is just as high as that 2007 New England Patriots team is.
2: So what you're saying is, is I should bet right now that the New York Giants are going to win the Super Bowl.
0: Yes. yes. <laughs> that that just be that'd be way too perfect. You have you have Dayball going to, going up against his old offense. I mean, it's never gonna happen.
1: Eli Manning two and Danny Dimes.
0: It's Chad Powers now. And if yeah, you guys we, know, now
2: we and Kenny Galladay making a helmet catch after playing zero percent of snaps all throughout the playoffs. Mannequin man.
0: Yep. Well, no, Kadarius. Yeah, Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay are just gonna be the lifesavers of this team. One last fun fact before I toss it over here to the second Monday night game, the Buffalo bills in their last 20 wins. So their last 20 games that they have won, they have won them by double digits. And I know I was saying last week, what the double digit spread was what 23, 10 and one mm-hmm. uh, ATS when, when the home favorite or whoever has a double digit favorite. The fact that Buffalo has won when they win, they're winning by double digits. that makes me just want to have the alternate spread and push it to Nine and a half, ten and a half, every single week, and just breaking this money.
1: I don't think it'd be a bad idea. Do it before Vegas catches on to how good they are.
0: Uh, I think they may already, they have already done that, which we'll cover here in the in the gambling section. Game two, we had Philadelphia. No, we had Jalen Hurts just kicking the hell out of the Minnesota Vikings in prime time, and big surprise, Kirk Cousins has a nice old goose egg, dropping to two and ten all time. Jalen Hurts was a man on a mission, man possessed, mission impossible. However you want to put it, this dude is looking amazing. The Vikings crumble in the prime time because the lights are just simply too bright for Kirk Cousins in that offense. Darius Slay had more interceptions than Justin Jefferson had receptions. Wally, how are you feeling about those Eagles now? Shove it in my face because I was talking a lot of blasphemy on Twitter. Jalen Rieger just has a punt return and only has five uh, five snaps. Really thought it was going to be the redemption game.
1: I mean, that's probably high-end redemption for Jalen Reader, Yeah,
0: no, th- it is redemption for him. He's probably sitting there like, yeah, I fucking showed them. It's
1: fly Eagles fly time. That's what I'm telling you. I might hate the city, but I tell you, this team is a wet dream for guys like us. This is a trenches team built on both sides of the ball, and they dominated this game because of those. This was such a perfectly balanced attack. They probably, if anything, threw more than they would have liked to have thrown in this game. I love the line. I love Nick Sirianni and what he's doing there right now. I, I really don't have anything negative to say either about their offense right now. I mean, they spread the ball even around well. A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, all with over or five catches or more. Downfield catches, too. They're favored in 13 of the 15 remaining games on their schedule. This is the NFC East favorite. And outside of maybe Tampa Bay, and it's simply because of the division they're in, this is my one seed. This is my one seed right now in the NFC. It's them or Tampa. David,
2: where are you with still am not on the Jalen Hurts train. <laughs> However, the Eagles are, in fact, a wet dream everywhere but quarterback and running back because they don't use miles Sanders as much as they should, but he's a bomb different conversation, different conversation. The Eagles are a loaded roster, especially in the trenches, but they're a loaded roster and they absolutely can win the division. I think they will win the division. I don't think they're going to, you know, be 14 and, and three or whatever while he's starting to imply there with favored in 13 of 15 remaining games but here we are i i i'm just saying i i believe in them but not i'm thinking like 11 wins.
1: Steven, to go to you? I know that you're finally starting to drink the, the green
0: Eagles whoa, Kool-Aid whoa, with whoa, me. Whoa, whoa, Come whoa, on, whoa. drink it. You got it. Kelly Green Kool-Aid. Don't don't be disrespectful. I've been on the Philadelphia train with you. We've you we've you been started riding... coming on about a, a month ago. I'm I'm just saying no once around draft time they got with they got on AJ Brown. I started really hyping it and then they got Jordan Davis. I really liked what they did with the Cam Jurgens pick as well. I've been on it. Okay. You've been okay. I will say you've been the conductor and I've been about two two cargo shit. I don't even know what they fucking call it. Two passenger come on ships up. Back Let's be conductors whatever. together. We can do this. I don't like I don't like heights and speed. They freak me out. But no, I like I like them a lot. And this has been getting a lot of hype. I know David essentially already kind of answered the question. So I want to deflect it to you here, Wally. Two weeks in, overreaction after the first two weeks. Jalen Hurts creeping in the back of your mind for an MVP pick?
1: He shouldn't, but if they go 13-4, and four, which I don't think he's out of the realms of possibility, I think that you're going to have a lot of people pushing for it. I think more likely you'll see Nick Sirianni win head coach of the year. Then you'll see Jalen Hurts win MVP. Last thing I'll say on the Eagles, and I'm going to completely shut it down because you guys have heard me say it all year. Fletcher Cox is the most forgotten piece of this team. He's a future Hall of Famer in his own right. And I feel like all the talk has been on Jordan Davis, what they did at middle linebacker, outside linebacker, even at safety this offseason. Fletcher Cox is just the most consistently dependable defensive tackle in football. He's just a bad man. He's literally a bad man. Guys like Aaron Donald almost, like, overshadow what his contribution can be. But he's just an all-around unbelievable player, whether it be in pass rush, whether it be as a run stopper. I love him. Not to mention he's another one of those guys that look like a create a Madden player with all the the shit he throws (laughs) on. And for what – I don't care. I don't care what you do. I immediately think you are better than you are when you start wearing that kind of shit.
0: It must be a Pennsylvania thing because the two most slept on interior defensive linemen of our lifetime Fletcher Cox, Casey, Cameron Hayward. I should have said his brother name just to fuck with you. With that, let's get into our week three picks. What the
1: hell's going on out here?
0: Before we toss it over to Wally to go over what our records are. We want you to know that these week three predictions are brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more. Especially if you're Wally, David, and I's age where there's college graduations, engagements, wedding pictures, baby pictures, you name it. Feels like they're happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. We're on our Instagram, Sapphire Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. Wally, David's first week, our second week in here. How are we standing, bud?
1: Well, I will give David credit. Uh, He called a shot. He told you not to bet with him last week. And you know what? It wasn't just him. It was me as well. You did not want to ride with either of us. We had a weekend from hell. Steven, on the other hand, outstanding weekend. He went twenty and fifteen record wise. I, I I said outstanding. What I should have said is unreal one o'clock slate. If you bet with Steven on the one o'clock slate, I mean you could have retired. If you bet with him at four o'clock, you you basically won a sandwich or two. They basically be, brought you right back down to earth. But you'd Steven. Be, you'd won. be
0: right back in the uh you'd be right back in the job, job openings, uh newspaper article. Exactly. Oh, shit. We'll start circling around here.
1: But Steven, did, without a doubt, had the best week last week. He curb David and I. But we're hoping that the three of us all, let's get back into the green this week. It's been a rough start to the year.
0: Week three is our week. Speak for yourself. I'm up .640 units, so I'm basically swimming in it. That's all I have to say. If you bet, if your unit's 1,000, you're up five hundred. but you're welcome. First game on the slate, we're going to have it here tonight, the rivalry. Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Cleveland where Cleveland's only a three and a half point favorite. Total set at 37 and a half. No, this is not a San Francisco-Seattle game from 2014. Pittsburgh and Cleveland right now. Wally, who are you picking? This game, I'm
1: betting on defense and coaching. January of 2021 was such a beautiful time for Kevin Stefanski. And less than 20 games later, you have to wonder how hot his seat is right now. Last week, that was a historic collapse. I regret not being here on Monday to talk about that. David and Steven did a great job with it. Star players are crying about fans booing. The owner is getting bottles thrown at him in his own stadium. People are blaming the best Browns running back in our lifetime and potentially our parents' lifetime for scoring a touchdown last week. And the defense is all pointing fingers over whose fault it was to set up the onside kick to begin with. And what's amazing to me is all of this has overshadowed the Steelers' own issues. They're arguing in the offensive huddle. George Pickens couldn't even make it out of his first September before he was complaining about his workload. The loser of this game is liable to literally have a dysfunctional grenade blow up in their locker room. I think the Steelers are going to win, but no one's going to leave this game feeling good about themselves. The under is going to hit at 37 and a half. I have Pittsburgh plus three and a half and the money line, but this isn't going to be a fun game to watch for anybody. How about you guys?
2: Uh, first of all, Wally, <laughs> Stefansky's not on the hot seat. Uh, as long as Andrew Berry is GM, Stefanski's going to be sitting pretty right there. And if you want to drop the statistics, Cleveland is tied for second in big plays with arguably the worst offensive starter at quarterback in the NFL right now. I. I think Stefanski's got an incredible offense. I think you can't even judge him. You can judge Stefanski as a coach the minute, and I God, I hate saying this, the minute Deshaun Watson starts playing for the Browns. If you have a supposedly elite quarterback and you're still not in the AFC championship within two years, it, it might be over for Stefanski. Um, that being said, he's still a wonderful coach. I think he he's perfect for this team. But this is going to be an ugly one, and it's definitely hitting the under. And for those of you out there, 20 to 30 mile an hour wins are expected Ooh, tonight. I didn't
1: know Bench that. Bench your
2: kickers. Bench your kickers. If you got Boswell or York, Send, go into the go into your fantasy free agency, pick somebody else up. They're both missing field goals. Uh, <laughs> This is the nobody's passing well. And and that was gonna be a given from the start with Trubisky and
0: Jacoby Brissett playing <laughs> that was before the wind.
2: Yeah, that was before the wind. And frankly, I'm I'm taking the Browns because of their running game. I don't care. Without TJ Watt, that defense looks different. Minka Fitzpatrick is not a factor with unless we're throwing the ball. I'm taking Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, running it down Pittsburgh's throat in this kind of weather. Definitely going to play the under though. I would not touch the over. I think I, I'm just taking Cleveland money line. I don't, I, I Cleveland's winning the game. I have no idea how, by how much for all I know it could be a point. It could be three. It could be lose by 50 because that's the Cleveland way, but I, I'm, I'm taking Cleveland money line and under on the, what is it? 37 and a half. I don't, there's no way each, any, each of these teams are scoring more than, 27 combined points 17 10 17 13 maybe that feels like a a a really good score to bet on
0: I like for 16 14 that's what's sticking out to me that's just like an ugly score but yeah I I'm I'm gonna take the Pittsburgh plus three and a half but I got the Cleveland money line and it's it's gonna be a trend you guys are gonna be hearing throughout this episode that a lot of and it's something I've said throughout the duration of the podcast is it's always yes it's really always hard to overcome a big win but overcoming a big loss as well right Cleveland is suiting up right after this horrific loss and when you see when you hear those interviews of people in those comeback losses or just big losses one of the most generic line is oh we could strap up right now and play another 60. cool you have that opportunity right now to do that Pittsburgh 33 six and one versus Cleveland the last 40 regular season matchups but they've only three and three against Pittsburgh, or they are 3-3 three and three against Pittsburgh without Big Ben in the lineup since 2012. Mitch Trubisky is 4-0 and against the AFC North opponents. Take that with the whole gallon of salt, not even a singular grand. Kevin Stefanski is also 0-4 against Mike Tomlin since joining the league. 0-7 has a favorite in the division and 1-11 in the division. That's overall, it's not even against the spread. So also take that with a grain of salt. You know me, I'm sticking I'm sticking with my guns. If you're giving me the hook in a divisional matchup like this, in a game that's gonna be as ugly as David David is describing it and how defensively it's going to be, I'm gonna take the under with it as well. Give me the Cleveland money line, but give me Pittsburgh plus that three and a half. My ass is probably getting saved by the hook as it has been the last couple of weeks.
1: Baltimore is a two and a half point favorite going to New England. Totals forty three and a half. I will start with you, Stephen, this time, wrap right back around. What are you thinking here? Baltimore had their own kind of painful and historic loss last week, blowing a 21-point lead in the fourth. What do you think here? Are you going with uh, Billy B or are you going with uh, Baltimore?
0: I don't know what I'm missing here. I feel like we're kind of in Groundhog's Day with the similar spread and the similar reaction of the Steelers versus New England here last week. I like the Baltimore minus three. Give me that money line just for shits and gigs if you can parlay that together. There's no way Lamar is about to allow this to happen. I read a stat the other day that he is he's accounted for everything but one touchdown on the offense and like 80-plus percent of the yards. That's ridiculous. And Baltimore, you're, you are you fucked having to sign this dude in the offseason. Good luck if you continue this, this play up. They added JPP, which I doubt he's even going to be available for this game. They have Blake Martinez. They're both going to add to that defense who needs a lot of help. Well, I like Baltimore to bounce back because not very often do you have a Baltimore team lose two in a row, but in the fast that they lost, you know, that they're going to be ready and hungry to win. I'm taking Baltimore easy print this money out again. If you're going to give these easy spreads against new England this year until we're going to take all of your money then keep doing it Vegas. I love it. But until that's changing, I'm going to ride with Baltimore minus three. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm riding with Baltimore and, uh, Baltimore is the favorites and the money line. Um, even with the Dolphins disaster, this team is worlds ahead of New England, and I don't really care for this game. I think they're going to blow New England out of the water. So instead, I'm going to move on to the next game on our list, which is my personal don't favorite. Wally. Don't, don't,
0: skip, Wally. don't
2: oh, skip Wally. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear Wally. <laughs> just kidding, Wally. You can go.
1: That's good. I'll let you. I'll be quick because I'll let you throw it in because uh, I just I, didn't I, didn't I wanted
2: to jump the gun because I really want to get to my favorite game of the week.
1: It's a fun game. We'll get to, you'll be able to throw us into it too. Because I didn't know at first that uh JPP was in Baltimore to lend a hand, or maybe I'd change my just, pick.
0: just signed a one year 5.5 mil. I know that they've been kind of in talks for a couple months, finally got him in there be, because I don't know why. And if they do end up signing Blake Martinez, that's that's a steal. That dude is a stud. Maybe a little bit biased because I'm a Packers fan, but all he did his time in Green Bay was right behind, if not in front of Bobby Wagner for most tackles over the four years. I thought he was good in New York. So adding more pieces to that defense that looks shitty now, but I think is going to be fine over time. This could be dangerous.
1: It could be. And again, like JPP coming in, I I didn't know that, blah, 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 all that fun stuff. But the (laughs) Patriots – are getting so slept on myself. I was doing it too last week. I picked the Steelers to win. That was against a TJ Watt-less Steelers, but they still showed signs for whatever reason. I kind of am leaning New England plus two and a half in the money line here. This is Mike McDonald's only third week as being defensive coordinator, and they gave up 16 points. They gave up 16 points through six quarters of the year but they got gassed for 35 second a half points, 28 and a fourth last week. The secondary still seems like a problem. Joe Flacco threw over 300 yards against him week one. If Mac Brown can kind of, I don't know, maybe hit something with Nelson Aguilar, my guy, I think there's a chance that they not only cover, I'm picking them to win outright. And my call is that the Patriots are going to win on the last drive of the game because of Mac Jones. So I have new England plus two and a half and the money line which means, David, please throw us into your game here.
2: Let's get it, Favorite game of the week by far, the game I'm most excited for because fuck Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Um, Anyways, Buffalo-Miami. Buffalo's favored six and a half points, uh, over-under set at 52 and a half. And uh, little tidbit of news, as as expected, Bobby Hart (laughs) suspended Uh (laughs) after – Punching a Tennessee Titans head coach in the tunnel. Not shocking, but fun regardless. But I have to know. Let's, Steven, you 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 tell me. What are your thoughts on the game? Because this
0: is by far, this is what I'm most excited about. This this game is so rough. You know me. Like I'm I'm on I'm on solo the Miami Dolphins train right now. Like I think you guys are trying to now running along, trying to hop in, but
1: no, I'm punching holes in this side of the life raft.
0: <laughs> Rum. ham! You want to get that, David. <laughs> uh, but the, the Bills have just been so dominant all the way around. And outside of the first half, so were the Ravens. They were pretty dominant against this Dolphins offense. We'll see what that offensive line looks like. I'm really excited about what the turn uh turn Armstead versus kind of like the Vaughn Miller and any other defensive lineman that they're gonna have to face here uh in that matchup. Battle of the trenches is always the Always the best. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. This is a big boy podcast, but it's just, it's so hard. And I've said it once and I'll say it again throughout the duration of the season so hard to overcome and produce another big win after what Miami just went through in Baltimore. It's almost like, no, the, the tank's not on empty, but shit, can we just pull over to a rest stop and take a nap for a couple hours? That's kind of where they're at right now. So I expect Miami to be a little bit sluggish, Buffalo to continue to roll. Give me Buffalo minus six and a half because the Finns have not beaten Buffalo since 20, December of 2018. Two was 0-3 in those starts. But both these teams are 8-4-1 and against the spread and within the division since 2019. I know don't do the quick math right now because I don't know how Buffalo got to 13 because it makes sense that Miami is at 13 because they played New England. I have no idea how this came about, but I'm taking it off the internet and using it as myself. Give me Buffalo six and a half.
1: Buffalo covers. I mean, I just compared them to Tom Brady and Randy Moss in the 2007 New England Patriots. Was I going to pick them not to cover? Absolutely not. I am going to war with you. Last year was Buffalo. I have been won over completely, but I am going to war with you, Stephen, and Tuanon. You guys are such a fraud. I'm not buying in. Buffalo Bills minus six and a half money line. Bring it on.
2: Now, so here's the thing. I love this game, but I love it for all the wrong reasons because I'm I'm hoping, I'm not betting on, I'm hoping that Miami even plays half as well as they did in the fourth quarter against the Ravens because if they do that, this game is much closer than you think. They're shooting for the over 52 and a half, but the only thing I'm confident on is Buffalo winning the game, so I'm taking their money line. But it should I mean, like this could either be uh, I could be overhyping this game and this could be terrible and Buffalo could win by 30 or if Miami plays, like I said, half as well as they did in the fourth quarter against the Ravens, I, I mean, this could be a fun one,
0: the best part about the overreaction Monday and the overreaction of the week is I, it just infuriates me when people like I was talking about Romeo dubs this whole off season. No one shut the fuck up from Packers camp about this guy. I think he has like four receptions on the year, but people are just overreactive and ready to crown somebody in week two bills. Okay. That's the exception. I think we're, I think everybody in the world is doing that right now, but the fact that everyone's just putting Tua and Tyreek and all them on this pedestal for, what 17 minutes of amazing play in in one half of a game is laughable to me but wally i'm gonna fucking take you down my dolphins are come i have some it's something
1: crown their ass crown their ass
0: if you want to crown them then crown their ass yeah i have a i have a sixth arguably a seventh sense about these afc east teams and how they're able to develop i got you on the bills the next one and uh, you got me on the falcons now the next one so i can get the lead the Miami dolphins.
1: I ain't worried about them. New Orleans, New Orleans, three point favorite going to Carolina totals 40 and a half. Dave, we're starting with you this time. You have been very emphatic that you were going down with the Baker Mayfield ship. Are you sticking with that mentality in this week?
2: Absolutely. Carolina plus three money line and under on 40 and a half points. And I'm riding with Baker until the wheels fall off the train or the bus or whatever we're riding on until the bitter end. But that's all
0: I got. I hate this game. I'm surprised I didn't get – you didn't have this reaction like you did against the Panthers-Giants game here last week, David. But my goodness, I am – there's no way I'm watching this game. I'm going to have to text my buddy Dylan the whole time saying what's happening because, no, yeah, I know I can stream any game I want. I choose not to stream that game illegally i guess give me carolina plus three but give me the new orleans money line these games have been close they've been low scoring so i do like the honor but i'm not officially taking it here carolina following a loss since 2019 8 and 14 right matt roll can't get these guys going also i saw a fun stat that the carolina panthers are fuck i'm gonna crucify myself because i don't know the exact number they're like one in one in like twenty-three, something like that, when they're down by 17 or more points, one comeback. Every NFL team is coming back from 17 points at least two times a year. Carolina can't get one over like a three or four year stretch. I know, I know I'm kind of stretching there, Wally, but I feel like we see them all the time and just they're so prevalent. And for Carolina not to do anything, it's hilarious. But eight and fourteen gets a spread since coming off a loss. New Orleans seven and five. Now take that as you will without Sean Payton on there. That's The Carolina aspect of it looks more up-to-date than the New Orleans, but I want to take New Orleans. I like what they have offensively. Christian McCaffrey went and took a bathroom break today, so he landed on the injured reserve list or on the injury report. So we'll see how that goes. God, this just fuck this game.
1: This was my way to circle back to Stefanski for two seconds. How? My grudge against Stefanski is that I'm convinced he ruined Baker Mayfield. And I love Baker Mayfield. So that's where my anger comes from there. I'm picking the under a 40 and a half Carolina plus three in the money line. And it's not necessarily because of that, the Baker side, it's two very good defenses with two very not good offenses. And I think there's going to be a ton of turnovers in this game, but I'm betting for Baker to do enough to cook up Mr. Krabs. I'm taking the Panthers 20 to 14. And that's all I got. That's all I got. There's not a lot of fun to talk about in this one.
0: No, let's move on to a game that this is easy money. In my mind, the Kansas City Chiefs are only five and a half point favorites traveling to the Indianapolis Colts, the winless Indianapolis Colts. They have a tie. They don't have a win. The Colts, in my eyes, are the worst team in the league. Shaq Leonard, that's right. Shaquille Leonard has not played yet this year. DeForest Buckner's on and off the injury report. This offense looks horrible. In the graph that David had sent us earlier about all the all the big plays that happened, I will give credit to the Indianapolis Colts as the only winless team that's within the first within the top tw- uh, twelve. Everyone else is in the bottom twenty, which is a large scale, but most of those guys are in the bottom like thirteen of the league. So they have potential; they're just not getting shit done. I do expect them to come out and play a little bit better because it is a make-or-break week. But that division is so weak that really. In a couple weeks, that's that's going to be make or break. But also, Pat Mahomes against a Gus Bradley defense at six and one with 33 points per game, averaging 65.2% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Give me the Chiefs minus five and a half. I'm not even going to touch their money like so I'm that confident in the spread. And I will sprinkle a little bit on the total set at 50 and a half.
2: All right. I don't understand how. <laughs> how Kansas City, we saw what two nine plus point spreads last week. Kansas City talent wise is 15 point spread over the Colts. I like, I don't understand why this is low. Vegas knows something I don't clearly because I'm horrible at betting as my record shows. But like, I'm taking Kansas City and the money line for Casey, and I'm utterly shocked it's only at five and a half. I'm it's like,
0: disrespectful.
2: I'm. I'm honestly. I'm kind of thinking Kansas City
0: might win by three touchdowns. Uh, but this might be know. the one. This might be the one you want to circle around and go to the alternate spread with, just for, just for shits and gigs.
1: I am here to save you guys at home because you have to just turn off what you just heard for the last two and a half minutes. No way. The Colts have been such a disaster this far that every instinct in your body is going to tell you to bet with the Chiefs. No. We talk about overreacting to two weeks. This is a good Colts team that just got embarrassed two straight times in division against teams that we all thought was going to win five or six games. No. Matt Ryan, if he's half of what anybody has promised us that he is, they're going to get back on track in this game, and this is going to be a very desperate team a desperate Colts team in this game. If I had balls, I'd bet the Colts to win outright, but I'm going to take the Colts plus five and a half. I do think that Kansas city is going to win a close one, but you're going to see Jonathan Taylor really be this offense this week. They're going to get back to what got them close to the playoffs again last year with Carson Wentz. And that is going to lean on that offensive line. It is going to be leaning on Jonathan Taylor. And I, I just, This is the way Vegas gets people. Is that you wanna bet with the two and oh Chiefs? This is the game that you have to go. You have to go against the grain. The Colts are gonna cover. They're gonna cover. I think they might even win. But I'm taking the money line.
0: If you're a man, take the money line.
1: I'm not a man. I admit it.
2: Let's bet on it. You and me. One v one. On the spread. On the On the spread.
1: I'll do it. Tell me your number.
2: Lunch, whatever you want, whatever you want. Twenty bucks, that's lunch. Deal. And it's easier to give than (laughs) traveling and and buying lunch. So twenty bucks. That's perfect.
1: It's been handshook. It's been handshook. God, that's perfect. They got twenty dollars coming to me on Venmo this week, (laughs) which is
0: perfect. You can go get that Impossible Whopper again. I know you've been earning for it.
1: I have. I've been missing that thing. But Detroit, they're going to Minnesota. Five-and-a-half-point favorites, the Vikings, that is. Total is 53-and-a-half. Something we didn't bring up on the Monday night game, which is alarming to me before I throw it to you guys, they ran the ball with their running backs eight times. 25 yards. They abandoned ship so fast. Kevin O'Connell is a rookie head coach. We saw similar things happen, ironically, against their opponent last week, and Nick Sirianni and the Eagles. you got to hope they figure it out. But... That has to worry some people. Are you guys on the one pride hard knocks Detroit Lions, or do you think that Minnesota gets back on track this week?
0: Lions, I took it right uh, out of my mouth. How could you not? Lions,
2: and 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 here's why because I, uh, God, what was it Monday when we did this, this podcast that you said it 35 and a half points averaging. Yep. Steven. So, so Detroit can score. Minnesota can't defend. Detroit can't defend. Minnesota can score. I'm hammering the over. Amen. I'm, I'm taking Minnesota money line because I think they're the better team still, but I'm taking Detroit covering the spread. I'm taking Detroit, you know, plus five and a half or whatever it is. And I am on this lion's bandwagon and I really hate that my favorite teams in the NFL right now are the Raiders Browns and lions like, could I have picked any that's bigger tough. of losers over the last twenty years to root for? No, <laughs> but here we are. I'm on the bandwagons, and we're gonna ride it out.
1: They have one playoff win between them, and that was your Steelers win a couple of years ago. That is awesome.
2: Terrifying. <laughs> the word you're looking
0: for is terrifying.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, that's unfortunate, is what it is.
0: No, give me give me the Lions plus five and a half with Minnesota's money line. So yeah. Like David was saying, they're averaging 35 and a half points per game. The graph that we keep referencing for David is Detroit leading with the number one big plays of it's a combination of what 10 plus rush yards or 10 plus yards gained on a play in a rush. And then what was the other one? Just 20 like 20 for
1: pass, I believe.
0: 20 yards downfield for passing. And they're leading it with 19. There's a couple people right behind them with 18. Don't care. Doesn't matter. Detroit is leading something for once. Minnesota's team may not be as good as we thought. Looking to overcome an ass-beating on national television, something that Kirk Cousins is very familiar with, so maybe he can kind of rally the troops on here. And I think that Detroit will keep this game a field goal, one possession-esque, but Minnesota to come back on top, where they are 15-9 and against the spread following a loss. Detroit just 5-5 five and five because it's far and few in between that they have wins, or following a win because it's far and few in between that they have wins. They just don't know, know what to usually do with themselves. Just give me Detroit. I'm riding on the hard knocks train, not the money. You know what? I'll I'll ride with the money line here if you ride with the Colts money line, Wally.
1: No, I'm trying to win this year. I'm trying to do well. So I'm sticking with my gut. I'm a coward, and I wear it.
0: Okay. What are you picking? I no, you think you got your picks. You just tossed them.
1: You guys are going to be upset with me because I'm going to curve yet again on you. I, I did take the over. I think, David, you're right. I think that's the obvious bet here. you got to take the over. Neither of these defenses could stop Army or Navy right now. I have <laughs> – I I think that you're going to have a very high-scoring game, but I'm going to take Minnesota minus 5.5. I think that especially with how poorly Detroit is defended this year, you might see Justin Jefferson with a week one kind of stat line again and they're going to get back to their roots, and they're going to run the ball with Dalvin Cook. I think the offense is going to score plentiful in this game. So I have Minnesota minus 5.5. Detroit fans got to think I hate them, and I don't. I I really do like Detroit. I just haven't seen it yet, and I've been wrong. You should hope I keep betting against you. You're 2-0 against the spread. I've been wrong both times. I just think the Twin Cities get right again this week. And good news for, for Lions fans. Jamison Williams is running and cutting again he's not that far away from playing football when you bring him back into the fold then you're going to start getting Wally on your side and that might be when you start hating me even more (laughs) Philadelphia six and a half point favorites going on the road to Washington total of 47 and a half let's say what everybody is thinking it's the Carson Wentz revenge game fly Eagles fly Eagles are gonna steamroll Washington. Philadelphia minus six and a half. Money line, it's not close. Don't worry about it. Fly or go birds. Go birds. That's all I got. Fly Eagles fly.
0: There's so many bird mascots in the NFL. You're not being
1: This is the only bird thing. that matters today.
0: Birds aren't real. I'm I am
2: hammering Philadelphia line. Uh I think they're gonna blow Washington out of the water. I'm taking the Philadelphia money line as well. And To be honest, if the fan base was replaced, I'd have jumped on this bandwagon instead of Oakland and Detroit. Uh, The trenches on this team are a fat man's wet dream
0: and the trenches are what win the wars. So Philadelphia all the way. Wally already took it, right? The Carson Wentz revenge game. It's It's his first game against the Eagles with his new team within the division, right? So Philadelphia is playing great right now, but with the fashion with Washington has been playing, which has been pretty consistent, yeah, they they stalled a comeback uh, the Jags were trying to make in week one, and then they just got kind of mollywopped here in week two with making a little bit of comeback of themselves here by ending up losing against Detroit. But they understand that the win here can kind of stir up this division. Right when they thought that in their building, oh, we have a chance to win this thing because Dak's out. Well, now you have Jalen Hurts really kind of steamrolling here, like you guys were saying. I do think Philadelphia starts 3-0, but for some reason I have a feeling – about Washington covering the six and a half points. Hey, the Eagles are still 3-0. and oh. Wally, don't shake your head at me.
1: It ain't happening. It, this game is 14-plus. I cannot wait to talk
0: shit to you on Sunday. Like, you're a moron.
1: I embrace my moron stuff.
0: I, I know I'm dumb. Hey, I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. The Las Vegas Raiders are a point-and-a-half favorite traveling to Nashville with, against the Tennessee Titans. Total set at 45 and a half oh man what team wants this more is the question at the end of the day both these teams whoever loses this game starts zero and three so that means i'm going with the vegas minus two and a half and their money line the raiders season is done if they lose this they have only played one divisional game that means they have five here down the stretch well i guess it's of course it's down the stretch it's 14 more games but out of the next 14 you're gonna have five divisional opponents The Raiders understand that they need to win this. They need to win this now. Get Devontae the ball again. Find the middle ground of week one and two, and you'll be great with Devontae, I promise. This Titans defense has been horrific. The Raiders offense will, I think, find its groove in this game on a way, way lesser opponent. Give me the Vegas money line. Give me that two and a half. David, who are you taking with this?
2: Vegas, Vegas one and a half. Vegas money line. Go Raiders.
0: I keep fucking doing that, Wally. I'm sorry. One and a half? My goodness. Take my money. Pass. Nope. Boo!
1: Fuck, no. The Raiders have been suspended to my life. Pass. I'm not talking about this team this week.
2: You can't yeah, watch them on they Sunday. Didn't even give up seventeen points in two minutes or whatever the Browns did. Get out of they here. They gave up twenty.
1: They were had a twenty-point halftime lead, the largest lead they've ever blown. Yeah,
0: they actually had a twenty-point. Point we
2: two minutes left, and then they, had a
0: guess what? They blew, gave up like six
1: four. They gave up six fourth down conversions. It felt like a dozen two-point conversions. Hunter Renfro missed a reliable. I'm done. No, if you want me to bet on this game, great. Tennessee money line. There you go. Put it down. Tennessee
0: you are line. such
1: a bitch. Jeez. Tennessee Titans, money line, they win. I don't give a shit. Houston, at Chicago, two and a half point favorites. I was on the Texans until I saw where you guys were leaning. I don't want to spoil anything there. It's just we're too – I feel like everybody's so, like, in love with what tech, the Texans have done so far. We're all very impressed. I am, at least. And I think that – I I think that people are overly critical to this point of what the Chicago offense has done. They played in hurricane Katrina week one and they win against two top five defenses in the first two weeks of the year. The stats are terrible. They're not good. Uh, But for whatever reason, I think we're making out this bears team to be like the one in 31 Browns a few years ago. There's still talent here and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they win. In fact, I think that because of the way everybody's talking about this team, it has me thinking that Chicago is going to defend home turf, cover the two and a half and get the job done at home. Go Bears. Body. That was cool. Yeah, I was going to say there's some there was some anger on that Body. face there.
2: Justin Fields is 33rd in completions. There are 32 teams in the NFL. He there played in Hurricane backup. Katrina. There is a backup out there who, who has more six completions. Quarters. There is a backup who has more completions than a starter. We'll talk event. after this week. Let's that's talk got, after this gotta week. Be, I don't care if it was be Trey Lance or and Jimmy G or some shit. I am. It probably is Jimmy G. I am out. I am so out on Chicago. I I'm in on Houston. I don't even care if Chicago wins the game. I Houston's covering the spread. I'm taking the Houston money line because I don't care. Like Justin Fields 33rd in completions is the only statistic I need to see. I don't care what weather he was playing in. That means in week one, he threw even fewer completions than most quarterbacks. He's got 28 total completions on the year in two games. I don't care what kind of weather you're playing in. I Patrick Mahomes would be taking twenty-five attempts with the football in bad weather. Come on.
0: So wait, um, did you say did what you was say that knee level? Do you 28, say twenty-eight total completions, completions or completions. twenty-eight attempts? Completions. Because he only he was only seven of eleven against Green Bay this past week. That's why I'm asking. So no, and it's, it's eight. completions.
2: Twenty-eight total completions. Seven eleven. I don't care what kind of your, what kind of weather you're playing in. Most, good quarterback take 20-plus completions in those games. I'm out. I'm out on well, the we- Houston, plus three, and money line. And as we've learned, I'm wrong in all betting. So, you know, it'll probably be, like, not this case. But whatever.
0: Whatever. Justin Fields is going to
1: do it for Alex Leatherwood. <laughs> oh fuck, Alex! <laughs> that dude has fucking nucleo-
0: nucleosis, whatever the fuck. Finally, we have somebody on here with some common sense about the Chicago Bears and the reality of it. Why has no one said it? The Lovey Smith redemption game is going to be just kind of like that Carson Wentz first game against Chicago, but as being a new newly uh, appointed head coach here with the Houston Texans, seven of eleven in Green Bay with better weather. So based off David stats, he threw more in the monsoon that he played in. That's not my fault. 7-Eleven for 70 uh, yards, by the way, with one interception. Forgot to add that. Oh, it was a top five defense. I don't care. Don't talk me about the about the three-year progression I wanted y'all on. But you're just riding Justin Fields' dick over here, Wally. He's got Lovey no Smith. wide
1: receivers and no offensive line, and he's playing in Hurricane Katrina. And people are like that was up one stats time from two weeks. They're pulling out two weeks' stats.
0: No, trust me, I'm going on. I'm going on watching him all of last year suck, all of this year sucking. I mean, thank you for hitting he's a rushing He's throwing touchdown it to the three to of us. You're what? He's passing to the three of us. Uh, He wish he had someone as versatile as me fucking lining up on the outside. Although Houston has allowed the second most yards through the first two games, I just don't trust this Chicago offense whatsoever. Me and David, fucking, I'm riding shotgun, he's driver. Houston plus three, give me that money line with it.
1: Someone's gonna really have a bad Monday show. It's gonna I be know. me or you two. It's gonna get ugly because someone's gonna really have a bad Sunday.
0: The Cincinnati Bengals are six point favorites going up to MetLife facing the New York Jets with a total set at 45 and a half. Again, you guys already know the direction that I'm going. I'm a broken record here. The Bengals need to win this game badly. They have been extremely underwhelming. They're going up against a D that doesn't really get a lot of sacks and allowing sixty four percent completion percentage. So Joe Burrow. Should have the boys getting hyped up here. I don't want to take away what Wally's saying. We have Leo Collins absent from practice here the last couple days and through this week. Just like he's been absent in the offensive line play the first two weeks of the NFL season. Guess that doesn't really matter. It kind of going, dipping back into this pool of Jets following a win. Two and four since 2020. Again, far and few in between that they have wins that they have to follow another game with. But take that however you want. I still like the Jets to cover. Because Cincinnati just I just don't trust them. It's not like the New York Jets have a great defense. And like I said, they don't get a lot of sacks, but it doesn't mean they can't get a lot of pressures or at least some pressures. That's just how bad that Cincinnati offensive line is that the Jets, who have, I think, two sacks on the year, one sack on the year, might be getting getting to them here. But I I will take Cincinnati's money line. I feel like that's a way safer bet than going with the Jets plus six, but I'm not going to risk it because I've been burned two straight weeks already.
2: All right i'm gonna this is gonna be such a terrible bet cincinnati i'm taking the cover and i'm taking the money line this is joe burrow's redemption game they're gonna throw it deep even though i haven't all season and here's why joe burrow's longest completions usually occur against cover three and quarters defenses the jets have played cover three and quarters defensive schemes in 62.6% of their defenses this year. I don't know why. I don't know why I know those stats. I'm a nerd. But regardless, this is the Joe Burrow and Cincinnati Bengals redemption game. I think they're going to blow the doors off the Jets as a statement. And we're going to look at the team that made it to the Super Bowl last year. I'm probably going to be wrong because God, I've been wrong about the Bengals two weeks in a row and it feels bad, man. But Cincinnati takes the. They, I'm taking the spread and the money line. I, I I just everything screams Joe Burrow redemption game for me.
1: All right, David, let's break some bread. We've been uh, we we've been against each other a lot, and I haven't made up my mind on this game. I think the Bengals will win, but it weirds me out that this line was at four and a half at the start of the week and it's moved all the way to six. And it makes me worried that dumb people like you and me, because I'm with you. I'm like, dude, the Bengals, they got to kill them. The way they've played the first two weeks, they have to answer the bell. Steven made great points about the Jets don't get pressure on quarterbacks. So something's got to give there. But the way Zach Taylor, you and I are so hypercritical on Zach Taylor, I think that he has personally anchored this team to the ground. That it makes it difficult for me to bet them. I had wrote down because I hadn't made my bet live. I wrote down Jets plus six until you brought up your, your uh stat about quarters defense and, and cover three. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your advice and I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna lock it in. I'm saying Bengals minus six in the money line, and I think that you're right too, that you and I are gonna come back on Monday and hate our lives for doing this. I don't know. I don't know oh, for whatever. I just think of how I just,
2: glorious it will be if they
0: cover the spread. True.
1: I just, <laughs> for whatever reason, we turn back the clock and Joe Flacco's out here covering spreads.
0: Oh, who would have thought? Not me.
2: Oh God. All right. I, we need to move on to the next set of game. Cause this yeah. is gonna, that Cincinnati game is going to bother me until they finish the game. Uh, all right. right. Next game, Jacksonville chargers. Chargers are seven point favorites over under set at 47 and a half. Um, I'll go first because I, I'm not going to lie. This one might scare me the most of my, all of my bets, but I'm taking Jacksonville covering the spread because I think they've played really well this year. However, the Chargers are going to win the game because they are so far and above the better team. I just, I don't know what, but I'm getting like a little hinkling. Little inkling that 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 Jacksonville is going to cover the spread and play this one closer than they really should, but that's all I got. I, I'm gonna pass it on to Wally because he got really excited when I said Jacksonville covering the spread. So let's hear it, Wally.
1: You're no, if I was less of a, a coward, I, it's been a trend of this show. I'm only betting the Chargers money line because seven points feels like a whole lot, and I wanted to pull the trigger on the Jaguars, especially with Justin Herbert being banged up. But I'm just doing the money line for the Chargers. I think that they're going to have to steal one at home in Duval West because we know what it's like out there in SoFi.
0: There's no way that Jags fans travel like that.
1: They, they have to travel better than L.A. and L.A. That's all I know. All right. If, okay. But here's the thing that wears me out about this game, and it's kind of the reason why it feels so strange. Think about how we leave Sunday if the Jags win the different narratives that are going to start being birthed. You're going to have, are the Jags going to win the AFC South? Are the chargers already chargering? Is Staley the right guy for the job? Should Dougie already get a statue in a second stadium? It is whoa, whoa, the perfect whoa, 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 storm. Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa. Don't forget about the last storyline, which will be the only truthful one of all. Is Urban Meyer worse than Hugh Jackson as a coach?
1: Well, and that's I mean they're both so that's toxic right. I'd love to get into the weeds on that that's something in the off season I almost think we spend like 30 minutes talking about
2: i'm I'm ready for go to win now so I can push that narrative out <laughs> I don't we don't, don't have enough uh
0: evidence of urban meyer sucking we only got what 12 games 13 13 games something like that
1: he broke a franchise in 11 games
0: Facts. not only he did not Stop he almost broke a volley. quarterback
2: in 11 games.
0: Well, he did break his kicker in 11 games. I think I was with him three. He but broke not his foot only off did... in his ass. <laughs> not only did he break a franchise, he broke the Jacksonville Jaguars. He broke a an already broken toy. How is that possible? That's impressive. I'm it's not even mad. damn I'm impressive. I'm amazed.
1: <laughs> God. All right. Steven, did you give your pick for this one yet?
0: I didn't, but I'll I'll keep it. Simple. Give me the Chargers minus seven. Give me that money line. Will Justin Herbert play? You've seen that practice today. looking like he's going to be throwing the ball. Will he look good? But most importantly, will his team trainer try to murder him moments before kickoff? He's a little bit day to day, but he looks good in practice here. All he needs to do is hit up my boy Aaron Rodgers, get some perks, call it a day, suit up, throw the fucking ball. win by 50. Jags winning a big divisional game but turning around and traveling across the country. They have not played a defense like the Chargers heading into this and this offense hasn't I think in my eyes for the Chargers hasn't really missed that big of a beat without having Keenan Allen in there. I think the Chargers bounce back, get to the 2-1 and and they're covering on the way there. The next game we have Another coast to coast here. We have the Atlanta Falcons. I guess they're not on the coast, traveling over to the Seattle Seahawks, where Atlanta's a one-point favorite. Total set at 41 and a half. Fuck Gino. But going against a team that has allowed 71.4% completion percent. I I'm almost laughing. The Seahawks have allowed 71.4 completion percentage to quarterbacks. Five touchdowns oh. have been scored by wide receivers against them. My dog is barking in the background. And also, they're allowing 108 yards on the ground per game. Me and Dave are actually kind of talking up Atlanta here a little bit uh, on the Monday episode, but then kind of breaking down some of the stats. I'm like, shit, I don't know how I feel about them. Fuck Gino, but I will, I will ride that uh, 12th man cap here for the weekend. Give me Seattle plus one and a half and the money line here. All
1: right, I'll jump in first on this one. I, I, this isn't a genocentric pick. I know you guys are gonna think that this is a genocentric thing because of me. I think that I'm a little skeptical of this "quote-unquote" hot 0-2 start the Falcons have had. They're as like highly regarded as an 0-2 team that's a cellar dweller as we could have ever seen. Shout out the the all the Dirty Bird fans out there, like Evan Desecor. This was a dream start for you guys it gives you hope for the future while you're still losing and keeping your draft position safe. It's a dream. That is the dream for you. I hope that Arthur blank, that mob boss actually gives Arthur Smith the time because I do think he's an excellent coach and given another year. I think that he's actually going to help turn this team around. But right now I think the talent's going to rear its ugly head in this game. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think this is one of those weird games that you could actually see the the Seahawks win by 10 to 17 because we have overvalued what Atlanta has done so far this year. So I'm taking Seattle plus one at home. Home dog. Love that. And give me the money line as well. David, how about you wrap this game up and throw us into the next one?
2: I'll keep it simple. I I was gonna take Atlanta when they were against, like when they were. Plus one and a half is yeah, it's that a two and a half was? point
1: jump. That's
2: huge. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking so many people took that bet that they shifted the odds is what I'm I'm hoping happened. So I'll stick with Atlanta. I, I stick with Atlanta spread at, at one and I'll pick them for stop the stop sounding so confident, too. David. Because I'm depressed <laughs> that the line shifted because I was really excited about them being underdogs because like that's a prime game to bet and win money on as you know betting on the underdog. Don't doubt but on Gino. They screwed it. They screwed it. So so here we are, um, you know, whatever, moving on. Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's one and a half point favorites. Over under 41 and a half. Tampa Bay signed Cole Beasley, um expected to activate him to the roster. Mike Evans on that one game suspension that Steve and I mentioned on Monday. I I'm gonna go first again. I got I really like Green Bay one and a half point underdogs here. And I like Green Bay for the money line. Tampa Bay has looked slow this year. They do not look like they're they're you know hitting on all cylinders this year. I'm I don't know. I'm just feeling Green Bay wins the game. And if they win the game, they're winning it by
0: they're winning the spread too. So I, I just, I don't know. I'm taking green Bay. This is hard for me right now because I was in, I was in green Bay. I was in the money line and we'll see how the next couple of days go. I would lock, if you are looking for the green Bay, just a little bit of that little extra boost on the money line, lock it in now. Cause I'm predicting this is going to be a pick by Sunday that you guys are going to be able, or when you guys look at it, actually want to look at it, it will be there. No Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin, might not be with Julio, but this Bucs defense is looking filthy. They're looking dangerous. They're the best, if not top two, right next to San Fran right now, stats-wise, yardage-wise, whatever you want to look at it. They're top one and two basically in everything it feels like. Now we flip it over to the Green Bay side. Today in practice, they were without Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, as well as Alan Lazard. My goodness, today all of practice was Romeo Dubs, Amari Rogers, Jawan Winfrey, who's a practice squad player, and a guy came to remember because he just got signed to the practice squad today. So that might change a little bit, but we'll see how the progression over the next two days is. We still have two, three days before kickoff. As of right now, give me Tampa Bay minus one and a half. Give me their money line. Half, just half of those receivers come back from Green Bay. I'm completely flipping my pick here. But based off the information I learned today and maybe getting ahead of the curve, i take Tampa Bay. But you got Randall, Cobb, and Alan Lazard. At least those two starting back. Or Randall, Allen or Sammy Watkins interchangeable. Two of those three come back. I like Green Bay in this game.
1: I was going kind to of grasp at straws to get a feel for this game. And it, it really is a hard one to – I think it can go either way. But I guess the note I, that I found that I'm going to marry on this game is that Tom Brady is 4-1 and one in head-to-head games against Aaron Rodgers in his career. Aaron Rodgers might be a weird dude, but at the same point, he is human. And Tom Brady's always kind of been that head-at-the-table quarterback while he's been playing. And it makes you wonder if Aaron Rodgers presses a little bit in those games because he wants to prove that he is the Tom Brady, even though he hasn't got to that point. I mean, three of the four wins that Tom Brady's had were by 14 or more points. I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay minus one and a half in a money line. Wouldn't it be surprised at all if Green Bay does win this game? But for some reason, I I just think that especially their opener, home opener, I think they're gonna do enough to get it done down there in Tampa. But the last thing, and this is an irrelevant note, it's a stupid note, nothing to do with the actual on the field game here. It weirds me out every time these two teams play each other because it's the only two teams in football that have two like letter acronyms. And it like weirds me out every time I see it. Cause I'm expecting the three stupid thing to say, but I just get weirded out by seeing four letters opposed to six.
0: So if you, I don't know, I know it was before, it was kind of like the tail end of or the tail end before we started being able to remember everything. But at one point, Tampa Bay and green Bay were within the same division. So they would always have a home and a home. My parents grew, or my parents were in Florida when I grew up. The first few years of my life, and they were both dog shit. They used to have the battle, the Bay of the Pigs, is what they called it, when the Tampa Bay and Green Bay would play because they were both so bad, and they would just play each other twice a year. I always thought that was a fun note, but who would have thought Tampa Bay and Green Bay being in the same division or in the same conference? Excuse me, or no division? I'm a moron in the same division at one time. That's insane to me.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I've never even heard of that. I mean, the Raiders were used to be in uh, the same division as Seattle right around the same time before conference realignment. Yeah. It's weird, and you know, it really was the end of our, or or I guess the start of us watching football every day and like really getting into it, which was
0: well bizarre. remembering shit. That was, exactly. That too. I've watched football my whole life, but I have really started remembering it. Like one of the first memories was a Tampa Bay Green Bay game.
1: Exactly. All right, so let's go to our last game on the normal four o'clock Sunday slate. Rams are three and a half point favorites going to Arizona. I'm not actually going to touch the spread in this game. The total's 48 and a half. I don't know what to make of either of those teams. I think that both of them have a lot of holes and they're not nearly as good as people make them out to be. But I think it's going to be a high scoring game. The fraud off, as I like to call it over a 48 <laughs> and a half. I don't know. I I, I, lots of points. Couldn't tell you who's going to win. So I'm going to avoid that altogether.
2: Uh, The only thing I have to say is I'm for the exact same reasons. I'm just taking Rams money line. I think the Rams will win. Probably will go over, but I have no faith in either of these teams right at this second. So I'm just, I think
0: Rams will win and that's all I got. Stop me. If you've heard contradiction before. Cause I'm taking the Rams minus three and a half. Yes, a divisional matchup with the hook thing that I usually thrive for. Not here. Rams are eight, one and one against the spread under Sean McVay against the Cardinals. Cardinals are one and five straight up against the Rams since 2019. So essentially since Cliff Kingsbury and, and Kyler Murray got in there, cars are also coming off a huge win. Something that I've been relating through the whole show, but I see them kind of slumping here again and kind of coming back to reality outside of the second half, really outside of the last quarter and a half. They're in Vegas. LA fans, all I have to say is don't start popping champagne in the third quarter. Rams minus three and a half in the money line. And a shot at Wally. That's really the plus money I'm looking for.
1: Fair enough. Let's go to Sunday Night Football, where the 49ers are one and a half point favorites with Jimmy Garoppolo going into Denver.
0: Total of 44 and a half. Let's stay with you, Steven. What do you have here? Uh, I'm going with the San Fran minus one and a half in their money line. Russ has really been struggling against what I think are bottom tier defenses in this league right now to start off his tenure in Denver, which makes me not confident at all that he's going to ball against San Francisco. Yes. Former division opponent, So he's extremely familiar. That's a two way street right there. But I think, and I know I was alluding to it with David here on Monday, but I just think having Jimmy G as your starting quarterback just brings a whole new energy to that San Francisco locker room. It's almost like the first two weeks didn't happen. Yes, I know the, the second week ended up in a win, but I don't know. They like that guy. They like him as their leader. There was a lot of talk kind of in, within the locker room of how they wanted Jimmy G over Trey Lance. Wally can has been explaining how Kyle Shanahan feels about Trey Lance. I think it's a new energy. It starts this week, having a full week under him, getting prepared. Give me San Fran minus one and a half in their money line against Denver.
2: Oh, how I wish I was betting with you all, but I won't because I believe the Denver Broncos will find the secret sauce this week. I know I'm wrong internally, but for the sake of gaining some ground on you guys in the betting and potentially losing ground Denver, I'm taking the spread and the money line. Let's ride. Okay. Broncos
1: country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride
0: Broncos country. Let's ride Broncos country. Let's ride. Was this, was this here that we were talking about? How there was a, there was a Twitter edit after they missed that field goal week one and someone said Broncos country left wide.
2: Oh my God. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, that's incredible.
1: That is awesome. Oh my God. I'm going to take San Francisco though. Minus one and a half. Russell Wilson, the Broncos offense, looks like dog shit, and they're going against one of the best defenses in football, a team that is apparently reinvigorated with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. Why is this week any different? Niners 27-17. I love it. Denver, welcome to where you belong. Anyways, Monday night football. Right there next to you. No, they'll be ahead of us because we'll lose Sunday. Dallas is a one-point underdog. Going to MetLife to face the Giants, the game we all wanted. Total of 39 and a half. I know you have very uh, passionate feelings on this one, David, so we'll start with you.
2: Worst game of the week contender. Worst game of the week contender. It's it's the worst division in football. The two My two least favorite teams in that division. And I, I, I don't even want to pick a winner. I'm just going to take the under on 39 and a half. There's no chance that Danny Dimes and Cooper Rush rack up points in this game. I'm taking the under, and whoever wants it can take it because this is the worst game of the week.
0: Let me snag it from you. G-Men, I don't know if it's because I have family up there that root for the Giants or because they're really that damn good. They they aren't that good. G-Men minus one, give me their money line. Looking to start 3-0 for the first time since... I don't know. I wasn't going to fucking sit there and look up that. That that would take up my whole day looking up at the last time they started 3-0. I didn't think they the years they won the Super Bowl they started 3-0. Pretty sure they were just pretty average because they were both wild card teams. Cooper Rush starting off his career 2-0 against the spread. But I think the hype starts now, stops now. Both those games were at home against primetime against Kirk Cousins. Come on. That's that's an automatic win. And yeah, a nice surprising win against the Bengals. I will give you that. His first road game, Micah Parsons will Micah Parsons guess that offensive line, even though, grain of salt alert, PFF has graded the best rookie lineman or best lineman in the Giants' guys, the number one. It's not, what, Evan Neal. So good for them. Maybe they find something in the offensive line. doesn't matter. Micah Parsons will find that hole and dismantle Danny Dimes. But give me the Giants minus one. Give me that money line. Just turn the page. It's the Giants' time now, baby. This game is so gross that I'm kind of talking myself
1: into getting excited about it. Gal possibly being back Dayball pissing off every wide receiver in New York and still winning games. There's intrigue. It might not be fun intrigue, but there's intrigue nonetheless in this game. Dallas isn't good, but a lot of people I feel like are wanting them to be worse than they actually are. I think that because this is a division matchup, you're going to see the cowboys be able to slow up saquon and with Micah parsons danny dimes is going to have a real real rough day i think that the cowboys win love the under i have cowboys 20 to 9 i have them plus one money line and the under of 39 and a half which i think wraps us up for the week so steven why don't you throw us into your favorite segment here and let us get out of here
0: So prop, lock, and drop it. We all know. We're all middle school at this point. First time you ever uh, grind on a girl. Got the PP hard. The pop, lock, and drop it. But for here, it's the prop, lock, and drop. We pick a prop of the week. We give you a game we think is an absolute lock. The drop game we're staying the fuck away from. I'll lead us off here. My prop of the week, and I might be cheating here, but since I am the inventor, I can do whatever the fuck I want. DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, and Travis Kelsey Anytime touchdown score plus 525. Why not get after it? Throw another, throw a fourth in there. If you want to throw Jamar Chase in there, I'm sure that bump it up to around high sevens, low eights. My lock of the week is Kansas City covering the Indianapolis Colts. Even though Wally was kind of talked to me halfway off that bridge of diving into this spread, but you know what? Fuck them. This podcast only has room for one guy with a man bun. My drop of the week right now, simply because I don't know what the hell is going on, is Green Bay versus Tampa Bay. I, I might be a little bit more clear on Saturday, even Sunday, once we know the final injury report. Right now, I, I do want to drop that game.
1: What a way to introduce the segment. That was a strong minute and a half from you, Steven. I'll give you that. <laughs> if I wish My side hurts. I wish I got, I, that, compliment. Like, I wish I I got that
0: compliment more. but uh, My I think head I,
1: is literally hurting because I was laughing so hard at that introduction.
0: All right, that well done. Well, it sounds like I need to do this every week. I got this. I got Oh, my
1: it. God. Well, I'll be really quick and easy. Prop, take Nelson Aguilar yards versus Baltimore. If it's somewhere around 75 or under, if not, find Micah Parsons' sacks. He's going to get them. If you find one at one and a half, I think I'd even hit that pretty good because I think that you're going to have the Giants playing from behind a lot. And he's a freak of nature. I think by the end of this season, we're talking about him in the same breath as TJ Watt and Miles Garrett, if we're not already. Locke, because of that, and because of what I said in the last game, I have Dallas line. I think that so many people are overvaluing what New York has done so far. Dallas defense is good. I have no idea how the Giants are going to score enough to win this game. And then the drop, that New Orleans and Carolina game, I really do feel like either one of those teams could win. I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers. And it's going to be what those teams do with them, so I, I don't really like that game at all. So I'm going to steer clear of it. David, how about you? What do you uh got here? Prop lock and drop.
2: Prop bet Joe Burrow over thirty and thirty-six and a half yard completion versus the Jets. I said earlier, against he, Joe Burrow plays big against cover three and quarters, and the Jets have played that sixty-two over sixty-two percent of their total defensive snaps so far. Burrow has thrown a thirty-six and a half yard completion in 65 percent of games since the start of last season i think this is joe burrow's comeback game which is why i'm locking in cincinnati winning that game i'm locking in the spread for that the money line it all i love that game i think they're gonna blow the doors off the jets make a statement their season turnaround starts against them and i'm dropping monday night football because it's the grossest game of the week and i don't care for it
0: With that, that's going to bring us to another end of an episode of loss of down. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at loss of down and Twitter down underscore loss. Shout out to our sponsors tabbies.com. Use promo code football for 20% off that order, as well as free shipping, as well as Abby Turner, creative Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, abbyturnerphoto.com. Check her out for yourself. Wally, David, do you have any parting words for the fans this week?
2: Go Browns, go Lions, go Raiders.
1: I don't care what happens at 1 o'clock. I'll be dead at 4 if we lose. It's over. The season's over. You said it perfectly, Steven. I got nothing. It's not going to happen. I'm done.
0: Until next week, I cannot wait to start drinking Wally's Tears when they start 0-3.
1: Walsh Jesuit alum Mike Vrabel is going to ruin my life.
0: Oh, one of yours. Yeah, he is. is. Did he add some... Did he get popped in the face? He kind of looks weird with his eyebrow. I don't know if you noticed that Monday night. Nothing, don't notice it. You can't see it behind your tears.
1: I already unplugged my mic because that's how little I care about
0: this. <laughs> hey, I'll sh- hey, I'll show you little.